0: Welcome to Off the Woodworks, I'm Kevin Laramé, And even after a bye week, Montreal is on top of the East. Still one point ahead of the New York Red Bulls with four games in hand. Welcome to the show for Tuesday, June 11th, 2013. Big day in World Cup qualifying today in the CONCACAF, the hexagonal tonight. And right now it's the UEFA Under-21 Championship. The last game of the Group A. Tomorrow is the last game of the Group B to see who wins the Group B. And then we'll know who is in the semifinals. And tomorrow night, Wednesday night, the U.S. Open Cup fourth round. So we'll talk about that today on Out of the Woodworks. And we have a guest again today, a very good friend of the show, our U.S. correspondent from San Jose, California, Miss Lisa Erickson, is going to be with us today to talk about the dismissal of Mr. Frank Yallop. And the nomination of Mr. Mark Watson. So we will talk about that. And a little bit about the CONCACAF Champions League. Which Montreal are in the same group as San Jose. And eventually after June 15th. We will know who's the third team in that group. It's going to be either one of the eight teams. That are actually playing in the closura, the The end of the championship in Guatemala soccer. But first of all. It's the last game of the Group A right now for the UF twenty one Championship. It's a small tournament that actually takes place in Israel right now. It was a team, and we already know who are the teams are going to be moving forward out of the group. It's going to be Italy and Norway moving out of Group A. And Group B is for sure it's going to be Netherlands and Spain. We just don't know who's going to face who in the semifinals. We will know that tomorrow afternoon. But it's a it's an interesting championship. It's under 21. It's, there's a couple of good players on Italy that's really, really nice to see. Immobile. And no, he doesn't Where he doesn't represent his name properly. He's very fast. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of good players in those teams. It's a very exciting tournament because the teams are young. They go all out. They try to prove themselves. A lot of those players are actually playing in the first division in their own countries. A lot of people of the players from Italy actually plays in Serie A for Parma and Roma and all those big big name teams. They're not in the start eleven but the actual they're playing and they get a chance to prove themselves in European competition, in the world stage almost you could say, in Israel right now, and it's just too bad to see the actual stands half empty every single game. I'm kinda of bummed about that. Those players deserve to see full crowds to cheer them on. It is a UEFA Under 21 Championship. It's a championship. Come on, you gotta, re- you gotta represent your country. You gotta be proud, and you need stands that are filled. Disappointing. It's a good game, Norway and Italy right now, and the stands are half half empty. It's not even half empty. It's a quarter full. Yeah, we're positive here on Woodworks. So I'll say it's a quarter full. <laughs> so look for the semifinals of the Under-21 Championship of Europa, UEFA, to be June 15th, and look for Italy to either face Netherlands or Spain. Both of them are going to be great games, so watch for that in the weekend. But tonight, June 11th, in the World Cup qualifying for the CONCACAF, better known as the HEX, or the Hexagonal, three games going on tonight. There's only six teams, so three games. At 8 p.m. we have Mexico against Costa Rica. It's the first place of the group is it's in play cuz Costa Rica has got four games played and seven points. Mexico, Mexico. Mexico got five games played and seven points. They're tied with the US. US got four games played and seven points. So actually Costa Rica and the US are on top of the group. If you don't know, the first the top 3 of that group Actually, make it out and qualify automatically for the World Cup for Brazil 2014. The fourth team, the third, it's a three and a half spot. So, the fourth team is going to actually have to play a playing game, a, uh, a game, the barrage, a playoff game against a team from Oceania, that region. It's probably going to be New Zealand, like it always is. So, if it would, If the actual hexagonal would finish right now, Panama would be fourth and would travel to, or not travel, but would play against the New Zealand team. Mm-hmm. So, as it said right now, we knew, so, top three, Costa Rica, USA, Mexico, Panama on fourth with six points, just one point off Mexico. Honduras, uh, very disappointing tournament so far for them, uh, not the best qualifying run they had. 4 games played, 4 points only. Espinoza pl- still playing good for Honduras. The former MLS player now plays for Wigan in the EPL. He's decent. He's the only shining star you could say from Honduras actually plays well right now. Other players like Bankston and those players are not actually performing like they usually do. So that would explain the actual poor performance in the actual round. And Jamaica last with 5 games played and only 2 points, 2 draws. But they actually draw Mexico on that two games. So they actually went to Azteca and a nil-nil draw. With Jamaican goalkeeper, Mr. Donovan Rickett, Olele, Hulala from Jamaica. He did a shout out at Azteca. Not every goalkeeper can say that. That actually, at a result, at Azteca against Mexico. (laughs) That's very, very hard to do. So, my prediction for the games tonight look for Mexico to actually put their stamp on the hexagonal and destroy Costa Rica. They're playing in Mexico. Not destroy, but at least a 2 0 or 3 1 or something similar like that. Costa Rica was lucky to actually get a win with Mr. Roy Miller. If you like the Rebels, you know who Mr. Miller is he's not a fan favorite for the Red Bulls. He plays for the Red Bulls, and he's not a very, very favorite. But with Costa Rica right now, they're on good form. They're playing well. They have confidence. Probably their best result ever. They could actually qualify for the World Cup now. If Honduras doesn't wake up, Costa Rica might take its place. So we'll see tonight Mexico and Costa Rica. But look for Mexico with players such as There's so many good players in Mexico. Chicharito, Quintero, so many good players. So watch for Mexico to beat Costa Rica. Honduras and Jamaica, the battle of the last of the group. We'll see what's going on. But don't be surprised if Honduras comes back to their winning ways and actually make a push to go top four in the group, depending on what's happening in the USA and Panama game. If USA do like I think they will do, in Seattle, they're playing at CenturyLink Field. In Seattle, USA against Panama, 10 p.m. Eastern tonight. Uh, yeah, exactly. They're playing on a real turf built on top of a fake turf. It's going to be very interesting Interesting to see how the field reacts to the actual play. The field looks good. The last Seattle Sounders game against Vancouver was played on the same pitch. So it's actually real turf, real grass on top of turf. So it's temporary. It looks decently built. It looks safe. There shouldn't be too much problem. But still, all the players say they'd rather play on real grass, even if it's temporary, than actually play on turf. So we'll see what it does tonight. But because there's a couple players missing for the United States, we have uh, Zusi who's actually suspended, and we have Hercules Gomez not gonna play, and concussion. So you never know what's gonna be gonna happen tonight with the USA you have to reshuffle the lineup and reshuffle the starting lineup and the actual formation to face Panama. USA has a better team than Panama. So look for USA to actually probably get a 2-1 victory. Maybe Brad Evans is going to have another stellar game. It's a his coming out party as of late. And that's what Jurgen Klinsman said. Like, Even when Donovan is going to come back to the US Men's National Team, we're going to have to find a spot for Brad Evans. Because Brad Evans is playing out of his mind right now for the Nationals team for the U.S. men's national team, and he's really representing his country decently, and good on him, Brad Evans. You're stunner in, in extra time, a late winner. Last game you played was really, really nice. Just the fact that you can... Jamaica, they tied it up, and you didn't give up. You actually scored a goal. Very, very interesting. So those are the three games tonight. So my prediction, Mexico... Honduras and USA, the three home teams are going to get the three points in the World Cup qualifiers for the CONCACAF region, better known as the Hex, and that's tonight, and Wednesday night, fourth round of the Lamar Hunt US Open Cup, the 100th edition of the US Open Cup, there's eight games going on, 16 teams left, eight of them are going to go to the quarterfinals. And there's a couple of very interesting game, a couple derbies even, you could say, on Wednesday night. So if you're not busy, there's no MLS game. The Impact are not playing this Wednesday. They're only playing Saturday against Columbus. So you can actually watch Columbus play tomorrow night. You can go on thecup.us, all the information, where you can get actual streaming feed, feed, feed on the internet. Actually watch it live or audio or whatever. Everything's on thecup.us. So here are the games. The eight games. Or Wednesday night, we have first of all at 7 p.m. the DC Un United versus the Philadelphia Union with Mr. Connor Casey. Mr. Connor Case Sabir. Yes, if you know Connor Casey, he reminds me of a little bit of a he doesn't look in game shape, if you know what I mean, but still good. He's making me eat my words, literally. He probably ate too much word, but <laughs> he's actually playing really good lately. He doesn't he's not fit to play ninety minutes, but he's still, ah, just me. He doesn't look as game shape, he doesn't look as committed to the actual game as all the other players. So anyways, just me chirping on him. Coming back to the actual game. The ununited of District of Columbia are gonna face the Philly at seven o'clock in DC. D.C. has a chance to redeem their season by actually doing well in the U.S. Open Cup. They're going to be the first team eliminated from the playoff in the MLS, but they have a chance with a cup run to make it all worth it for their supporters group and everybody else. So look for D.C. to go all out tonight before, because D.R.O. is going to be there tonight, but he might be selected to actually go to the Gold Cup, so they might miss him for a couple weeks this summer. So look for D.C. United to go all-in against Philly. And D.C. might get the victory and move on. And the second game at 7.15 p.m., live from Carolina. The Railhawks are going to face Shivas USA. So the Railhawks are going to grab the goat, drop him off a cliff, and go eat what's left after. They'll do like a hawk usually do. So look for the Railhawks to actually upset MLS team, the Railhawks, from the NASL, second division, if you prefer, of the U.S. soccer. But the NASL it's going to be... It's going to beat Chivas. So, big upset from my point of view. Carolina's going to beat Chivas. Chivas are going to have to travel cross-country from the West Coast to the East Coast to the Carolina to face the Railhawks. Chivas got a new coach right now. They're... They traded all their best players away. I can't believe they just traded... I still can't believe they traded Agudelo. I don't get it. He was happy to play for that team. He was happy to play for Chalice. So you get rid of Agudelo without even telling Chalice. And then you get rid of Chalice. Ah, man. Nothing's good going on in the Chivas USA locker room. And the Goats are going to get kicked out of the U.S. Open Cup by the Carolina Railhawks. 7.30 p.m., the New England the New England. The New England Revolutions or the Revs are gonna face the rival. It's a Boston New York rivalry. On a green pitch right this time. The New York Red Bulls <laughs> seven thirty PM Eastern It's a toss up. I still haven't made up my mind on who I cheer for in that game or if I actually care. Or you know what? I go the hell place for the revs now. The Revs are actually getting better players, uh, what's his name, Fagundes Diego Fagundes is having a coming out a coming out party lately so look for Fagundes and the Revs you know what, to beat the Red Bull it's in New England, so the home team advantage is going to work there and the Revolutions are going to beat the Toros the Red Toros are going to be kicked out of that tournament <laughs> and then we get a derby a different kind of derby a derby we're not used to see a derby tangled with controversy. It's the parent club derby sporting Kansas City against its affiliate from the USL Pro League, Pro Division, whatever. Third Division, if you prefer. The Orlando City, SC, the Lions Army. One city, what are they going to do against SKC? Mm-hmm. There's a bit of the controversy we talked about in the last show with Scal Rolstad and Lisa which we'll talk later on to Lisa as well. But the big controversy is that Kansas City actually ordered their affiliate, Orlando City, they have players who actually are, are, um, they're loanees. they actually, they're loanees from a sport in Kansas City. So their contract are owned by Kansas City, but they've been loaned to Orlando City, but they've been ordered not to play in that game. They were the best players from Orlando City. They cannot even play and make a name for themselves on a national stage that is U.S. Open Cup. To me, it's very disappointing. If you don't want those players to play in your team, as a MLS team, and you loan them out, you should not be able to dictate when and where they play. It is not up to you. You don't want them on your team, you want to keep them for the future, but right now you don't want to make them play? You should not have a say, in if, on the how and when and if they play, even if it's against you. So for that, I'm cheering for Orlando. Orlando, as you know, I'm a supporter of your candidacy to be an MLS team in the future. I still believe you should have been named the team in the MLS before New York City FC and Manchester City. But regardless, come on tomorrow night, make a statement, make a name for yourself by going. To Sporting Kansas City. To Sporting Park. And beat them. And show you that even if we don't have our best players. We're a team and we'll beat you. So Orlando. I'll be supporting you tomorrow night. <laughs> and at 8.30pm again. The Chicago Fire. With Mr. Mike McGee. are going to face the Columbus Crew. Our opponent. For next Saturday. That's a good game if you want to see... The actual team, how they play. It's not going to be their A-team. A couple players, I don't expect the Guain to play at all. You never know. I've been surprised lately. The actual teams of the U.S. Open Cup have been pretty strong. So hopefully Chicago can put a trumping on the crew and affect their confidence ahead of Saturday's game. That would be amazing. <laughs> and a derby after that. 9 p.m. live from the FC Dallas Stadium the lone star derby the texas derby it's dallas and houston fc dallas against the dynamo it's a real derby for a place in the quarterfinals fc dallas are still red hot the dynamo are getting are getting there it's going to be an interesting game i have no clue where are going to, where the three points are going to go not the three points but where where the actual win is going to go to. It's a toss up. So grab your coin. Flip it up. Whoever the coin decides. They're going to win. 9.30pm again. RSL versus the Charleston Battery. The USL Pro Team. That actually beat. Two weeks ago. San Jose. And kicked them out. Of the US Open Cup. Are going to f- travel to Salt Lake. To face the real Salt Lake. It's going to be a very tough task. A very hard task to ask the battery to beat Real Salt Lake at home. Expect Real Salt Lake to actually make it through to the quarterfinals. And then, the last game of the night, 30 pm live from Portland. It supports the Timbers versus a former adversary, former rival of the Montreal Impact, the Tampa Bay Rowdies from the NASL. Very interesting. The former rival of the Timbers as well. So it used to be a rivalry in the NASL. They used to play against each other, the Timbers and the Rowdies. If you're nostalgic, take a look at that game. And like I said, all the information, first of all, I hope the Rowdies do something special in that game, but I'd expect the Portland to actually move on. I said it. But if you want to watch those games, want to catch the highlights, want to catch the result previews, thecup.us the website for the actual US Open Cup thecup.us all the information are there very interesting and on that note we'll take a little break when we come back I am joined by Elisa Erickson our US correspondent we'll talk Yallop. we'll talk Watson we'll talk CCL and we'll talk see you in a sec
1: oh my god
0: I learned to love her let me ask you one question.
1: Where you from anyway? She's Miss California. Hottest thing in West LA. House down by the water. Sells her yacht across the bay. Drives a marinello. Hollywood's her favorite scene. Loves to be surrounded. With superstars that know her name.
0: And we're back in After Woodworks. And we are joined by Miss Lisa Erickson, our U.S. correspondent. Hello, Lisa. How you doing tonight?
1: Very fine. Thank you for having me on the show again.
0: It's a pleasure. For some reason, San Jose keeps coming back in the news in Montreal, and that's why I want to talk to you today. First of all, we're in the same group because last week was a draw of the Champions League, so we are going to face each other twice again this year.
1: I know. I'm kind of excited in one aspect because I love to see the impact play, and so I'll get to at least see them one more time live this year, if not a. Third time. And uh, so that's good, but I do fear that uh, they are the better team. So they might dash San Jose's hopes of advancing out of the group round.
0: Yes, we'll talk about that later. But first, the other reason San Jose in the news Frank Yallop actually was a mutual agreement that he left. Let me just start by saying, what do you think about that? Do you think it's an actual mutual agreement, or did he get fired?
1: Um, I think that it was, it could have been in the heat of the moment of mutual agreement. I don't know. I don't know what really went down. But as someone who who follows the Quakes, it was a huge shock, not only to every reporter I know, but also the players. And it sounds like even the interim coach was a little shocked. So this wasn't something that was brewing for a long time. I I just know three people went into a room to talk about stuff and uh one left without a job.
0: So basically, you would say that
1: he got sacked. I was not in that room, but um <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what went down. I I I really don't know. Because I mean, there could have definitely been stuff that's been brewing under, you know, uh, the covers you could say for a while, and maybe Frank Gallup decided, you know what, it's time to 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 move on. Maybe hope to get a different position. I mean, Chivas has an opening, or uh, maybe they'll opening in DC or Vancouver, or even the Canadian U.S. Men's National Team. Yeah. Or maybe it was a complete shock, and maybe some words got said, and they couldn't be taken back, and
0: they had to leave. Well, I heard that there was an actual, a lot of tension between the owner and Frank Gallup. Because a couple of weeks ago, the owner started, on his blog, started writing about how he did going to like the actual style of play, the way that the Quakes were always fa- failing, uh, failing behind in games, and trilling actually. And that's what he was saying. He was actually criticizing the play. And I heard it didn't go well with Yelp at all.
1: Yeah. Well, who you're talking about is actually the president of the, the president, club, not the, yes. the owner. But, you know, Dave Cavill did come out on his, his blog that he does and said that, you know, he felt bad for uh, the fans and the quality or lack thereof on the field and that things were going to change. So it could definitely be that that frank took uh, offense to what was said and and who knows i mean it's very odd to go from being coach of the year to unemployed 6 months so either he really wasn't that great of a coach last year mm-hmm. when he won all the games and got the supporter shield or he really was a decent coach and something else changed this year either Player quality on the field, suspensions, injuries—you name it—and so it put them in a harder spot. So I don't know; it's it's hard to say. I don't want to just be wishy-washy, but as I said, as a fan and as a media person, it it was a huge surprise to myself.
0: It really reminds me of the way Jesse Marsh and the impact parted ways last year. It is really similar in the way that. Both coaches seem to have uh almost anger towards the club upon their departure. Even though it's supposed to be a mutual agreement, Jesse March really had a chip a ship on his shoulder when he left. And you can tell Yallop feels the same way.
1: Um I don't know if I, I could say you know, as I said, I haven't talked to Yallop myself. So it'll be interesting to if if stuff comes to light that that way. I hope he does do what Jesse Marsh does and goes for a walkabout. <laughs>
0: Travel around the world.
1: Travel around the world, blog about it.
0: Go to some tunnels, climb the yeah, pyramids.
1: Exactly. But, you know, it's just, I. he is a really nice guy. He had... The locker room. He's known as a player's coach. Everyone loved to play for him. And yeah, he put some very strange tactics out on the field. And I don't know if it if it was by choice that he played those tactics or if it was basically because it's all that he had with the pieces that he had. So it's an interesting situation.
0: Yeah, for my listeners who don't know what I'm talking about, Jesse March is actually traveling around the world as we speak and he's written a blog about it. It's called Marsh Madness. If you want to take a second and go see that, it's quite interesting. Coming back to the quakes, Mark Watson, who was his assistant, is now the head coach. Does he have yes. the interim tag or is he the actual coach for years to come?
1: Um, It'll be interesting. If he follows the same steps as Dom Kinnear, then I think he could definitely be a head coach in the league he's been running the reserve matches of which the quakes have started winning the past uh i think two if not three reserve games um and then uh so he has that he's been you know under Yallop for four years now and he, he the guys know him so I think it'll be easier, but it is. It's going to be him stepping up. If he can win some in the CONCACAF Champions League, if he can actually make something happen in the actual MLS season to get the Quakes into the playoffs, then he might have a chance of being able to keep that uh, job as head coach. It'll be interesting. You know, there's rumors that say that That the Quakes really want Dom Kinnear To leave Houston and come back I don't know if that's true It's rumors But it would be an interesting uh, conundrum So to speak So will it be the spark that actually turned the season around For San Jose? Something has to So hopefully between that And maybe some good summer signings There might be a, a turnaround Otherwise this will just be a wash And and with hopes that next year with the new stadium opening up and everything else falls together and they make it. It seems like the Quakes were good in 2010, not so good in 2011, good in 2012, not so good in 2013. So it means 2014 should be a good year. Uh, I, uh, maybe. And if, for whatever reason, doesn't work out with Mark
0: Watson, who can be the candidate to actually be the head coach for San Jose?
1: Um, I don't know. There's so many out there that are good coaches. I doubt it's going to be Chalice. <laughs> Probably not John Spencer. Mm, no, I don't see uh, Peter Nowak coming back. But as Marsh, I said, you? I wouldn't mind Jesse Marsh coming back. Um, So it'll be interesting to see who they have out there. As I said, John Doyle's friends with Dominic Kinnear. Maybe he can persuade him to come over.
0: And we are now awaiting the actual, the end of the Guatemala Clausura to find out which team is going to be joining Montreal and San Jose in the Champions League. And no, for my listeners, TBD does not mean the Tombow Deportivo. It is a to-be-determined team. So the winner of the Clausura is going to join the Impact. So Woody, what are your thoughts on the Champions League to start with? What, what, do, you, what do you think about the actual competition?
1: Well, I was excited that the, the Quakes and, and Montreal actually got into it. Um, I just think it's, it's great experience for the guys that they can not only travel and see, you know, teams, you know. Well, of course, Montreal's played at San Jose and San Jose played at Montreal. But to have the guys be able to go to other countries such as Honduras, Guatemala, Mexico, and see what it's like to play down there to have that experience that only you know u.s. men's or canadian men's national team members seem to get of going and you know traveling throughout the other parts of the region so i think it's going to open them up to new experiences have that ability to to play a different style or have to defend a different style of play that they're not used to and that might actually make them better footballers in the long run um, But as I said it gives me an opportunity To watch the Montreal Impact again So that makes me happy Do I think uh, Who's going to pull out of that Since I don't know who TBD is right now My bet's on the Impact
0: Alright well Hopefully you're right for the Champions League And hopefully this is a spark That turns things around in San Jose Lisa thank you again to be a part of the show
1: Thank you for having me, Kevin.
0: And my pleasure. You can listen to Lisa on Centerline Soccer Roundtable. You can read her on Quake, Rattle and Goal. And she contributes to many other podcasts. So thank you very much, Lisa. She's
1: Miss California. House down by the water. Sells across the bay.
0: So, again, I want to thank Lisa Erickson. You can read her on com, or you can listen to her almost every week on the podcast Centerline Soccer Roundtable at CLS Roundtable on Twitter, or at LaFamLoca on Twitter. Thanks, Lisa. And that's it for us this week on Afterwoodworks. Not this week, for today at least. We're back on Friday with a preview show of the weekend games in the MLS. But for now, don't forget to watch the World Camp, World Cup qualifiers tonight and the U.S. Open Cup tomorrow night. If you have any questions, comments, reactions off the woodworks at hotmail.com on Twitter at off the woodworks Facebook go like my page off the woodworks or you can subscribe and review and comment this fabulous podcast on iTunes. We are featured for the Eighth week in a row in this, the Sports and Recreation uh, podcast in a New and Northworthy. So, thanks iTunes for that. It's amazing. Thanks to all the listeners out there, all eight of you. I love you guys. And I just want to take a little second to congratulate my soccer team. We had this weekend a tournament in uh, Mercier Hochelago Maisonneuve. It was the, uh, the end of the season tournament and the FC Clair from Ecole Clair. Uh, sixth graders, we won. So I just want to thank the team. It was my first year coaching, and coming out of that, where gold medal and a trophy is more than I ever thought we could do. Just to let you know that what will and desire can bring. We were not the most talented team, but we wanted them more, and we outplayed and outcoached them. So for every single player in that team, if you're listening to my show, thank you for the great season. I love you guys and I'll see you again. And to all my listeners, I love you guys as well. And we will see each other again. And until then, have a great soccer. It's been one week since you looked at me. Dropped your eyes the size and said I'm sorry. Five
1: days since I laughed at you and said you just did just what I thought you were gonna do. Three days since a living
0: room. We realized we're both to blame, but what did we do? Yesterday, you just smiled at me, cause it'll
1: still be two days, two weeks, and we're sorry. Two days till we say we're sorry